in the most concise line of all of Scripture, 1 John 3.16 says, God is love. It's a line so synthetic, so short, that we could memorize it before we go home tonight. God is love. Then you can go to bed at night feeling accomplished. You memorize one of the most important lines of Scripture. God is love. And all the rest of Scripture unfolds this glorious truth. All of creation and all of history confirm it to us. We know that God is love, first of all, through creation. If we know how to open our eyes and pay attention to the world around us, we can recognize God as our creator, the one who brought all things out of nothing, the one who sustains us in every moment, the one who pays attention and cares for every one of our needs. You know, just a couple, last week I was on a mission with a group of students in St. Lucia and I was speaking with a man from St. Lucia and I asked him, do you believe in God? And he looked at me like I was stupid. He said, who opened my eyes today? Well, if we know how to pay attention to creation, we can recognize God as our creator, as the one who loved us into existence. But we perceive God's love even more clearly in his great act of redemption. That when we turned our back on him, when we abandoned God, he didn't abandon us. He came looking for us. He sent his son to come and lay down his life to rescue us. We heard in today's gospel, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The greatest proof of his love, the greatest manifestation of his love, is that Jesus, his son, laid down his life to rescue us. But I have a question. Who did God love before creation? The scripture verse says, God is love. Love is who he is. So who did he love before there was any creature to love? Because creation is young compared with the life of God. We're accustomed to hearing how human life, in comparison with the whole story of the universe, is quite young. Scientists estimate that the whole universe is about 14 billion years old, and human life appeared just at the tail end in the last 300,000 years. But the whole universe is young compared with the life of God. Because God existed for all eternity before the Big Bang, before time began, before there was any creature to love. Well, today we celebrate the wonderful mystery that from all eternity, before the beginning of creation, God was not alone. Because God is a trinity of persons. So creation wasn't the beginning of love. It was the overflowing of the eternal love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because God is love, not an infinite feeling of love waiting for someone, some beloved, some object to, to love. Rather, God is a community of love. Three persons in one God. The best that we can do to describe this divine community, the best analogy we have, is that of a family. Jesus, the Son of God, called God his Father. He used the, the language of family to describe this ineffable relationship between the persons of the Trinity. He told us that he was sent by his Father. 
and that he was one God with his Father. And he spoke of the Holy Spirit, who was the bond of love between the Father and the Son. So the fact that the best language that we have to speak about the mystery of the Trinity is the language of family means that the family, the human family, is also one of the best places to learn about the nature of God. It's the place where these divine mysteries are reflected and played out in our own families. That's why the home is called the domestic church. Have you ever heard that? Every Catholic home is meant to be a little church, a domestic church. It's a privileged place to learn about the triune God and encounter him. Last week I heard an Irish poet speak about his childhood home. He was one of eight children, and he said that every night his mother would bathe all the little ones in order. And after washing them, she would wrap them in a towel and send them upstairs where their father was waiting in a rocking chair by the fire. And when they got to their father, he would speak to them and he would take the towel and dry their hair. And then he would hold his hands over the fire and lay his hands on their head in blessing. Wasn't that home like a little church? The mother, like Mother Church, washing her children as in the waters of baptism. The father, like God the Father, confirming and blessing each one of the children. And don't you think that childhood experience prepared this poet then to understand what it means that God is a father? Because he experienced the fatherhood of God reflected in his own human father. Well, this is what a Catholic home is meant to be, a place where we reflect the love of God to one another, a holy place, a domestic church. How does that happen? How do our homes become like a domestic church? Through prayer and through love. Most fundamentally through love, but love depends on prayer because we're not talking about just getting along. We're not talking about an ordinary human love. We're talking about becoming mediators of divine love to one another. And that's not something that we just have. It's something that we have to receive from God. Like the father who had to receive warmth from the, that fire so that he could impart it to his children. In the same way, we need to go to prayer to receive the warmth of the love of God so that we can impart it to those around us. So make your house a house of prayer. Pray together before meals, short, earnest prayers. Pray together before bed at night. And, and I encourage you especially to set time aside on Sundays to pray together as a family. It could be a rosary. You know, I've heard so many stories of, of children who are like college age now or young adults who had to pray the rosary every Sunday with their family and it was so boring and they were just waiting for it to end. But somehow it stuck. Now they look back with gratefulness and they realize that that influenced their soul. Well, it doesn't have to be the rosary. You can just pray simply for one another. You know, maybe someone in the family has a test this week. Well, pray for them. Maybe grandma's sick. Pray. Whatever your needs are, whatever's going on in your life, take a little time to pray together as a family. And when you pray, you can ask God to stay with your family like Moses did in the first reading today. Moses said, if I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people. 
yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own. And that could be your prayer. Lord, you know how sinful we are. You know how we squabble and fight. But come stay with us. Come be with us anyways. We need you. And he will. He'll come stay in your family. And he'll turn your home into a little church. So our families become a reflection of the divine family, first of all through prayer, but most of all through love. The primary way in which we become mediators and representatives of the life of the Trinity is by loving one another. And that's what we heard in St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He said, mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Basically, he's saying, love one another, and the God of love will be with you. He starts off by saying, mend your ways. Well, do you have some vice that's harming others in your family? Maybe you're sloppy or sarcastic or bossy. Well, mend your ways, not just for the sake of self-improvement, but because you are meant to reflect the love of God to those around you. Then St. Paul says, encourage one another. Maybe you, some of you have the, the Bible translation that says, nag one another. Does anyone have that translation? <laughs> no, there's no translation that says nag one another. It says encourage one another. The Holy Spirit is called the advocate. So the one who fights on your side, the one who speaks well of you. Well, do you encourage the people that you live with? Do you advocate for them? Let me ask you a question. Do they feel that you're on their side? Maybe you know that you want what's best for them and that you're only ever seeking their best interest. But do the people around you, the people in your family, feel that you're on their side? Well, be an advocate. Encourage one another. Then Paul says, agree with one another. Now, again, maybe some of you have the translation that says, win every argument. Does anyone have that translation? No, it says, agree with one another, which means that sometimes you're going to have to lose arguments for the sake of love. But if you do, you'll become an image of the Son who said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. If you're willing to lose some arguments, if you're willing to renounce your own will, you'll begin to reflect the very life of Christ the Son, who came not to do his own will, but the will of his Father. Finally, Paul says, greet one another with a holy kiss. So the love of God, which has been poured into our hearts, isn't meant to be kept a secret. We're not supposed to be the only ones who know about it. We're supposed to pour it out, express it radiated to those we live with. Do the people around you know that you love them? Do you know how to show affection? When's the last time you told someone that you live with that you appreciate them? You know, the expression of love between the Father and the Son is so intense, it's so real and perfect that it is God. It's the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the expression of love between the Father and the Son. Isn't that amazing? Their love is so effusive, so real, that it, it, it generates the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit, you could say, is the holy kiss between the Father and the Son. Well, I know some of you aren't living with your immediate families, so you have to adapt this to your own circumstances. You know, maybe you live with a group of college buddies, and so you might want to substitute the holy fist bump for the holy kiss. Well, we hear often about how the family is the building block of society, and it is. But today, the scriptures give us an even higher view. The family is the domestic church. It's the sacred place where the Trinity is reflected and encountered. It's the place where we learn what it means that God is love, Father and Son and Holy Spirit.